I'm 21 years old. What is your name? My name's Beth and I am almost 21. So what do you do for a living, Beth? Uh, I work in retail. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Just to retail people working in part-time students <laughs> making well I mean you're full-time <laughs> well the struggle the struggle the struggle of retail is that is are you ever really part-time no you're not you're never part-time you're I think a slave to the man Anna is a man she's sitting here being like I'm just a slave to the man she is the man I'm the man <laughs> I'm the boss man so. when I was in your work the other week there with my friend that I was going to come up to you and I was going to be like I want to speak to a supervisor and I was going to like, put my drama skills to the test you should have been like I want to speak to a manager and then I would say it was me and then you go no I'm male manager that's what oh, I should have done that, and then I would have been so hungry, and it would have been yeah. a really good joke. Yeah. But then again, people say that to me in real life. So, yeah, people are like, "Can I speak to whoever's in charge?" And I go, "Yeah, that's me." And they go, "Is it not a male manager?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" From people from Glasgow, I just feel as if people from Glasgow and like the surrounding areas would just literally scream at MD that's listening. Oh no, but yeah, they do. But you, even like. You kind of notice the differences between the way you talk to a man and talk to a woman. Like, customers feel like it's far more acceptable to shout at me, like, if they're unhappy with something that's happened. Sure. Whereas then the male supervisor will come out and they're like, I mean, I'm sure you can understand why I'm really just not happy about this. I think that as well, though, is because you're 21, whereas your managers are maybe a bit older. Like, I've had times where um, I remember this woman found something out of date on the shelf which oh, fair does it shouldn't be on the shelf like but what do you want me to do about that so I said to her look I'm really sorry that like, because you've pointed out that it's out of date I can't sell yet because I'm legally not allowed to sell yet because if you go home and get sick I'm not I'm not taking the fall for it technically why would you want to buy it if it was out of date that's my question I mean I think she maybe thought she was going to get money off of it which is fair does like she would have gotten it if so she should came in the date that it was going to the sell by date would have been out on she literally would have gotten it for like for for like pennies, like thirty six pence or whatever. But um, she then went. Well, she was arguing. I was trying to be civil. Trying try to trying to be, and I was like, "Look, missies, I can't sell you." And I did. To be fair, I did lose a rag for being at work. Like, <laughs> and you threw you threw I, fists. And then she went. You want to know something? I'd rather speak to an adult. I don't even look like a child. Like, that's the thing. I don't even look like a 16-year-old. Or a, I, you can tell that I'm, like... That's the where me and you differ, though. I feel like with my mask on, because of my height, I do look like a child sometimes. And no, people are like, you do. People are like, quite recently, I got... So, in my work, we are, we're commission-based, so at, when a customer is purchasing something, you have to ask if MD helped them, and somebody was like, oh, did MD help you? And they were like, yeah, that heavy set girl, and pointed <gasps> at me. Whilst I was still in earshot, and I was like, do you know what? I actually felt too confident today, so thank you. Actually, you just knocked me right back but, like, down. Thanks. You're not even heavy set, or like even if they were heavy set. Why? Is why that couldn't you think you say like even even if you think that like why couldn't you just have turned around and been like pointed like or been like that girl with the nose piercing or that girl with those that girl with like the eyes like literally that girl with the, the short fringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you just got it cut. That girl that looks like one of the three stooges. <laughs> I remember um, this wee old man like, helping him get his shopping or whatever, and I put in the trolley and everything for him at the checkout, and he like went down to say to one of the other women, and he went, yeah, the girl with the big forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I'd introduced myself to him and everything, and I was, for the most part, I was actual buckled though, like, because I do have like a big forehead, but also... The fact that, like... I've seen bigger. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was actually just sitting there like, what? And then she was like, no, like, like he said, the girl with the big forehead and pointed to you. And I was like, yeah, because I did help him. 
But then, see, that's another problem I have. Why would you then carry that forward and be like, oh, yeah, you'll never believe what this person has just said about <laughs> you? That, I don't need to know if that person called me fat. I don't need to know. Or if that person said I had a, I, a squint eye, fair, I don't know. I did ask for it because I was like, why was that man pointing up? Was he, like, giving a complaint or, like... Was he giving a complaint and pointing at me to say that I helped or whatever? Like, no, he like he raved about you, but he just pure. He was like he didn't know your name. He forgot it, which fair does. Like you shouldn't remember my name, like because even though I've got the name badge on, you should be able to just point to me and then like somebody will know who I'm at. Or even just like explain what I look like. So that's what he did. He pointed as well and went to the girl with a big forehead. And obviously, like I, I couldn't. I did laugh about it though straight away, which was later on. Don't you? <laughs> Don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, I laughed, but it wasn't that funny. Okay, it's not a recurrent one of those. I laughed jokes. at the time, but then you cried later in the break room when I was eating like hit a, a sore spot. To be honest, really? yeah, it's like if you don't laugh about it in that moment, then you yeah. most definitely your eyes will fill with tears, and people will be like, "Oh my god, are you upset?" And you have to play it off like. <laughs> What do you study? Beth? I study theatre and film. What do you study? Oh, wow. I study drama and performance. Oh my god, so you're like a wee, a wee actor, a wee drama queen? I mean, do you know what? Yeah, actually, I, yeah, I'll take that, yeah. I am as well. Great, I'm glad. I love it when I mention to people, oh, I study theatre and film. The, the first thing they go, you're going to be an actress on the TV then? No, I'm going to do a podcast with my pal. Yeah. And uh, do you know what, I've given, I don't know what else. I've given up on that. I just go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that and, is so dry as well. Like, and, they, I, and they go, they're like, uh, what can Yes, I'm going to act. That's all you're getting but from me. Do you want to know what it is as well? Sometimes I just feel as if the piss has been taken out of me with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna be an actress. No, have you seen the way I look? Of course I'm not gonna be an I've actress. I've got a face for radio more like that's why I'm <laughs> that's doing a I'm doing podcast. <laughs> but like literally I, I I hate it because it's like there's so much more to theatre and film than just acting. just acting. Like when see when you're an actor, low key you're the least impressive person on that set. I mean, yeah, you may be the most attractive person. You might be the most attractive person. Definitely, you will be. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? We're all just as important. We are all just as important. Like, could you imagine if actors just didn't have anybody to write anything for them? What would they do? They'd stand. They, they'd just stand. And look pretty. They'd be a model. I mean, they are good-looking people as well, but... I mean... Uh, the one model I just can't get over is fucking Ashley Graham. She is she's something else. Stunning, isn't yeah. she? I remember it did it did just annoy me. Like when I went through a phase of being like a wee bit misogynist, like kind of just finding my footing in feminism. I used to think she was so annoying each year when she would post her with the wings of the Victoria's Secret. But then I so I used to watch the Victoria's Secret shows on YouTube, like religiously, religiously. For the art, if you want to say that. <laughs> not, for, not for the scantily not for clad the, woman? Not for the women in the underwear and the wings, literally looking like angels. But, see, now that I think about it, I remember sitting, and after watching it, feeling quite bad. But see, with the Savage Fenty shows, like, that is a completely different, like, 
ballpark. Like yeah. they are like the production of it and stuff. Yeah, it's so high quality. And also the stuff from it is like low key really cool. Like you can never afford a Victoria's Secret, I don't think. No, definitely it's always no, but also it's the sizing as well. It, yeah. it, it, it's like all these it's, I feel like a lot of big brands are like that, like Victoria's Secrets, Hollister, stuff like all these like they are made for small mm-hmm. people and yeah. that's fine. Small people need clothes, I guess. But see if I see a really cute thing in their shop and they don't have a size that fits me. I'm not going to you back in. Probably not. So, like, it's super dry as well, have it? Like, I was in super dry at Edinburgh Station in one day, and I was literally looking at I was like, I literally can't buy anything in here because I'm too fat. And then I also, see, when I walk into a shop, and I'm maybe just a bit too big for, like, the range, none of the workers come up to me. Cause the they way they, and also they look at you, like, why have you even walked in here? Nothing's going to fit you in yeah. here. Yeah. Or see when people when they're putting your stuff for the check-in, they go, oh, is this for you? Mm. Yeah, it's for me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to ro- try and fit into it. And I'm going <laughs> to rock the shit out of that, okay? It might look like I'm one of those bits of beef in one of the supermarket fridges with the fishnets around them. I don't care. I'm going to rock it, okay? <laughs> I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. Like the ham hock. Yeah. And I'm going to rock it. And no one will tell me any difference. But, like, and another thing that Pure discards me for going into, like, I love Anne Summers, right? I think their underwear is amazing. It's so pretty. But see, they don't really... I've not seen in a long while them put, like, somebody who's, like, bigger on. Like, I know that they do have all their plus-size models and all of them are stunning. They don't put any, like, my body type. Like, kind of, like, not short, but, like, just average. Just an average lassie in the shop window like they put Maura Higgins and I love Maura Higgins species like I think she's so funny on TikTok but she is like she is a beauty standard yeah I feel like a lot of people are discouraged from like wearing certain brands or wearing certain items I guess like we're talking about Anne Summers so like lingerie because there's no representation of their body type in those kind of things like See, when I'm scrolling on, like, like I'm on, like, shopping online, I really just, I, I need to see if it's going to look nice on somebody with a body type like me before I buy it. Because see, when I try it on in the house, and literally they don't go, it doesn't even go past my fucking arse. I'm like, that's fabulous. Do you know what? I feel great about myself yeah. now. That, that's the thing with jeans as well. Like, I, like, I have an arse, but I also have, like, a belly. Like, a wee bit of a belly on me now. So it's like... I'm looking for something that accommodates the boat. I just want them to accommodate me, like, just a wee bit. Yeah. I just feel... So, actually, I'm actually I'm quite impressed. I got a pair of jeans from New Look the other day, like, the lift and shape ones. Oh. Yeah, so they're a lot... They're kind of like a, they're stretch. They have a stretch everywhere. Mm. To be fair, New Look jeans are quite good. They just fade easy and they rip easy. Yeah, so I'm wearing them today, actually, but... Oh, they do look good. Thanks. They have a lot of stretch around the thighs round the bum, round the tum, which I quite like, to be honest, because, do you know what, see, if if I'm feeling particularly bloated one day, I need my jeans to come, I don't want to, to like, literally push right over the top, I don't want it to literally, like, hang yeah. over, I don't like that. I like, I prefer, like, high-waisted stuff, and I remember, um, I was speaking to somebody, like, I don't know how you wear high-waisted stuff, and I'm like, if it's below my belly button, I feel as if it's, like, a wee bit illegal. 
literally. literally. I just do you, don't like them. So you looking home. back at two thousand like two thousand fashion trends? Mm-hmm. I don't low, know. Low rise jeans. Low rise jeans with like the thong hanging out. I don't know how people did that. Low rise jeans? How is that comfortable for anybody? important about feminism i don't know just the general gist into it like and that sounds very vague but like the fact that people are striving for nothing like nothing short of equality i think is the most important thing no matter who you are like what gender you are what you express like i think that like you deserve to be equal so i don't understand why people are against feminism yeah no I completely, I completely agree. I feel like the full, I feel like, like you're saying, like the full idea of feminism is literally not settling for anything less than what you are owed as a human. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for so long, like different groups of people haven't had a voice. And I feel like feminism gives that platform to express like the experiences that you've had as maybe a minority group or somebody of a certain gender, I feel like it's important that people have that platform to share these experiences because without that kind of shared experience then people feel really isolated in the like few people feel really isolated, I think. And I think it's important, like for me I feel like it's it's an it's an amazing feeling to know well it's not an amazing feeling to know that other women have been through the same things as me, but it feels far more manageable and it feels like we can actually do something about it if we're out like a unite, uh, yeah, rather than me feeling like I've been, <laughs> I've been hard done by all by myself, you know, it's just, I feel like it's a really great thing to be a part of, but I think, I think the attitude towards feminism is far too much like, oh, feminism is just men hating, feminists just hate men, and it's just for women, I don't understand why it's called feminism, why can it not just be called equalism, and I'm like, that is literally... It's not called that, but literally it's just yeah. equality for all. Like, the reason it's called feminism, though, is because when the suffragettes and stuff, it was solely, the movement was solely for women. Yeah. And, you know, like, when you get first wave, second wave, third wave feminism, they all differ. So, like, you should read up on that. I mean, I can't give you it word for word, but first wave feminism was very white, women, privileged, middle class, like... Yeah. That was that was what who fe- what feminism was made for. Mm-hmm. It moved on and it became for all women. Yeah. It, and it, but it was still very like white, like people of women of color and people of color were still left out of feminism for a long time. I think like it's only just been recently where not even like maybe Stonewall was maybe the first experience of like women and people of color gaining like making the first major strife for equality in the modern like, age yeah but third wave feminism don't quote me on it i think focuses on everyone that means men women people of color women of color trans rights you know non-binary rights things like that gay rights even like the strides that they've made during the 2010s gay rights has been monumental just as much as what they were back in Stonewall yeah I feel like obviously you're just talking about like, the ways that feminism has progressed over the years I feel like it definitely has progressed into something much bigger than 
like although it is st- it still advocates for women's rights I feel like it's become something much more than that but I feel like in some ways it could be argued to have like progressed in a kind of negative way as well like I feel like it can be still quite exclusive sometimes yeah no it definitely can like, I feel like it's like, well, if you do that, then you're a really bad feminist. But what's wrong with being a bad feminist? See if your heart, see if you have the right kind of ideas and the right hopes and the right aspirations. Like, if you want the right things, I feel like if you make mistakes along the way of trying to achieve them, then that's not, a, you can't really it's not say a bad thing. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, you shouldn't strive for perfection. Like, progression is much more sustainable. Yeah. I agree. Like, see how if you, like, are online, kind of... Number one, gatekeeping feminism. And also belittling people that don't know everything. Like, if they've asked a question, then you do need to sort of rein it back a bit, maybe. And kind of think about what are the reasons that I'm doing that for. Yeah. Because I remember when I first started, like, when I was still finding my footing eventually in feminism. Like, if you said one thing wrong, like, I was... Like, I was villainizing you, I was demonizing you. Like, if you said one bad thing, you were in my books as, like, somebody who wasn't to be trusted with it. Yeah. But over time, in throughout, you know, experiences in high school and things like that, I've been finding that, no, that's actually not the case. Like, if somebody doesn't know something about a situation and they've said something out of turn, like, all you can do is express your opinion on it and move on. Yeah, and they might take that as like a hint to maybe read up on it more, or like even if, or maybe that is just their feelings. Like you can't change everything. Yeah, I feel like although like, I feel like it's important to like to remember that everyone has va- like valid feelings and things, even if you don't like, agree with them. I feel like a lot of uh, like there are like people who like like would describe themselves as feminists who are very like like you say belittling. Like if so. I don't claim to know everything about everything. Like that's kind of part of the journey that I want. That I'm still kind of on there. I want to learn more. I want to be a, a better feminist. I guess I don't know, but I feel like so much of it is like they're not like a lot of people aren't even willing to kind of try and help you learn. And I think that's yeah. a really important. Like I feel like that's really important to like. Why would you not want to help someone learn? I don't understand that. Coming from someone who would much would like rather die and be a teacher to be fair, but the thing is as well with gatekeeping is that when you gatekeep something, you that's you making it exclusive. So yeah. don't complain about exclusivity if you're gatekeeping. Yeah, literally, like hypocrisy at its finest. Really. Yeah, like I pure remember like we were talking about something in school one time, and somebody just wouldn't let me like get into it, like. It was, like, music or something, and I was, like, I'm not being funny, like, it's not that deep. Like, just let me listen to it. Like, it was a weekend we were talking about, but I'd been to a concert for the weekend and everything, and I just hadn't kept up with them in, like, the last year or whatever. I still love the weekend. Like, I think that his music's really good. I don't... You know that way when it's, like, I knew it before it was cool. (gasps) I knew the weekends, you know, fucking... Early life, personal life, career, you, music. You wrote his Wikipedia page, I mean? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I still keep, like, I still kind of keep up. See if I'm really nosy. And, like, I just want to know everything about an actor there. And then Wikipedia, because some people do just 
add whatever they like to it. And I'll go that, that the Bible. I, I love that. They'll see when people add things that are really random to a Wikipedia page. I love that. Yeah. I think it's funny when it's like Elton John really, really likes scrambled eggs, actually. And it's, that's a fact. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, if I ever meet him, I'm going to be like, I heard that you really like scrambled eggs. And he's like, what? I'm and like, you're, you're going to be like, what, what, Wikipedia? And he's like, he's like, just going to shake his head like, no, sis. Or... On the other hand, you could also be like, yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> Have you ever seen, like, the thing on YouTube where it's, like, the celebrities go on and they, like, they go undercover, it's called, or something, and it's, like, they go on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, then they go on their Wikipedia page and they, like, go through it and everything. No. And if you add, like, they kind of just fact check it. Oh, and then they change that. it as they go or whatever, it's really cool. I like, as well, have you ever seen it on YouTube, it's, like, like most asked questions it's like whatever like there's most googled about this celebrity and they sit and answer like so like for example like Kristen Bell did it and it was like is Kristen Bell a, ve- a vegetarian is she a vegan and like they have like the, the google searches with them and then they like fact check it I think that's quite cool as well oh, oh I know which one you're talking about it's like the little teary bit yeah I remember when I mean I know you're not supposed to do this but see how when you really love like a political figure yeah like like, I love Joe Biden. I think it's because he's old, though. Like, I just think, oh, my grandpa. Do you not feel like he is literally a golden retriever? Though? He is, though. But, like, he, back to my little saying earlier on, um, progression over perfection, he is literally, like, the standing monument to that because, like, he used to be, like, racist and stuff. And, yeah. like, homophobic. And I think it was more when he started, like, kind of, you know into the early 2000s where he kind of started changing his tune on a lot of things and then you know he obviously you know had got the vice presidency with Barack Obama and was like had like strived for like really equality in all you know forms yeah no I feel like obviously I feel like for political figures it's easy to become a villain like when you're literally in the centre of like the centre of everybody's attention do you know what I mean like I think it's really easy to say a bad thing or do a bad thing and that is literally that becomes you Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's definitely although like people can say bad things and I feel like you shouldn't like let them away with having said a bad thing you should definitely be like oh that wasn't you know that wasn't your best moment that wasn't it yeah like but I feel like if they acknowledge that and say, and strive to be better, then I feel like you can't really... And you can obviously still remember that they did that shady thing, but I feel like that doesn't become them then, you know? Yeah, like, and that's where cancel culture comes into, like, a big play and a lot of things, like, where people literally can't eat for certain places, but they're, like, getting cancelled. Yeah. And it's like, you I know, like- sometimes you just do need to get a buy with certain things like I feel like cancel culture has become so large now especially with like platforms like t- like TikTok, TikTok and stuff like, and although, although it sounds daft being like oh yeah cancel culture is huge on TikTok when it's like an app for kids really basically well that's yeah. what it started off as anyway but it is like so many of these like influencers or like TikTok people are, literally are cancelled over like anything everything uh-huh yeah and then I'm like, maybe I should have cancelled it. <laughs> Sometimes I'm genuinely like, should I have like cancelled like certain people? I feel like I'm not up to date with cancelling. I'm not. Like I just try and keep out of it. 
Like, I definitely think if somebody does something over and over again, they're not doing it because they're making mistakes, they're doing it because that's that's who they are. Yeah. And if you don't want to either associate yourself with them, buy from them, follow them, you know, don't, don't follow them. But also don't go online and, you know, say you should kill yourself. Oh, like, I feel like when people do that, I feel like you're not being a better, you're not being any better than that person that is themselves. You yeah. know, like I see when people like drag family members and stuff into. I'm like, they oh people have nothing to do with this. Like, you need yeah, to take a step back. I love it when like they they're like, yeah, his mum did this or her mum did that or their mum, their their team or whatever. They are so toxic. Like, right, okay, they are toxic. True enough. That might be how you feel. The ma. Their mom hasn't got much to do with it, and the others are that their granda, their granny, their cousins, their distant relative. Like, they've really not got much to do with it. Yeah, it's like he wasn't breastfed as a child, and that is why he's become that. His mom deserves it. It literally goes right back to like the mum, though. The mum always gets fucking heat. Why did you let your child grow up like this? What is his mother thinking? Well, maybe she doesn't even know. Yeah, or it was like I just remember this one Kanye interview, and I know that Kanye has done like a lot of problematic stuff, but you've also got and not and not that this is an excuse, but when you're mentally ill the way that he is, you're not stable all the time. Yeah, and you know you, you, so it's probably really difficult for him. But I remember it was after the Taylor Swift. I don't remember it. I remember watching it on TikTok like a week ago, and he was on I think the Jay Leno show right, it was on yeah, some yeah. sort of talk show in america and he literally sort of jay leno went what do you think your mum would have done if she were here because oh. his mum had literally just died like i think the year before that's and canny was like oh i don't i don't know and it, you could see the heartbreak in his face because like see if you're close with your mum and you have a really good relationship with your mum it's not easy to lose her. No, like it's like that. No, I don't speak I, from experience, but I don't imagine it to be easy. I feel like even if you've not, if even if you've like had a a sordid past, you know, like if you've had, like you've drifted in the past or had some sort of troubled relationship, I feel like the relationship you have with the person who literally birthed you or raised you to be the person you are, I feel like it's not easy to lose somebody, and I feel like people coming for you and that way, I don't like it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't appreciate it if someone had done it to me. So I tend not to. I don't know. Do it to other people. I mean, that's just like a general rule of thumb. If you don't want it done to you, don't do it to other people. Yeah, that's like a sex rule I've got as well. If you don't want it done to you, you're not doing it to me. Is that actual? Yeah, true. I have that as well. But then again. Like, it's just, like, a thing that I have in work as well. It's, like, if I'm maybe feeling really tired one night, I go, oh, I could just leave that the night, and, like, the person in the morning would just have to do it. I'm, like, would I appreciate that if I was busy in the morning and somebody had been too lazy to do it at night? So then I, 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 tend, to, I tend to do everything anyway. I mean, that's... There's, I mean, last night I wasn't able to do everything because I was the only one in or whatever, and my manager knew that. She knew I wasn't going to be able to get it done, and she was really sound about it and kind of just, you know, dealt with it. But I do think that, you know, don't hand out which you're not willing to receive. Literally, I agree. I don't know if that was said in the Bible or whatever. I don't know if it's just something that my mom has said to me growing up where don't hand out if you can't take it. Like, there's a lot of abbreviations. And yeah, like, phrases. treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. 
love thy neighbor i guess that would be Oh, love thy neighbour is that you, you would love, love yourself. I don't know. Yeah, something like yeah. that. I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I've but... crack out a Bible and I've not got one. So. Oh, I've got two. Have my other one if you want. Oh my god, maybe aye. Because I'm. Oh, because I was. My friend Hope was like telling me the story of like Joseph and stuff. What Jesus is dead? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of names. See, I, I feel was like, like there's a lot of similarities. In yeah, so like name. Joseph, the son of. Jacob, ah, like the color dream coat. Yeah, he gave him the coat, and then the brothers shoved him down a well, and then sold him, sold him into slavery, and then in the end they forgave them. Which you know, good on him. I would, I'm not, not. Yeah, I'm not that forgiven. But then no. again, I don't think all the stories are real. I think they're just to teach you. I think they're like fabricated at least. It depends who you ask, to be honest. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, my granny and grandpa definitely were like, that defo's happened, and then where my dad's like, nah, like, they couldn't read, so, like, they made up these stories for them to understand. Like, my dad's very, like, logical about it, but then again, so my granny and grandpa, my grandpa was just like, I've got just got a feeling in my stomach that it happened. And he goes, I'm not going to argue that, because that's how I feel, and I'm like, true, sis. Yeah, do you know what? I feel like a lot of people come after religion for stuff like that but do you know what see if, it, see if that's what you are into yeah if that's what you believe then do you know what who am I to tell you that it's not what I believe yeah I just don't think you should use it to be like you can't do that because the bible says so. like that is like the one thing where I'm like maybe don't do that because it's like when people say don't take the lord's name in vain and then they think that it means oh my god like you shouldn't say stuff like that but what it really means is that you shouldn't use god's name to control other people yeah. Which, I mean, a lot. I feel like a lot of people do that. Like, a lot of people are like, oh. Like, actually, I've actually got quite a good example of this. When I was in high school, there was a girl who I knew who, her dad was actually a part of the church. And he came out and basically was talking about gay rights and how it relates to the church. And... I won't go into detail about it, obviously, because it was a long time ago. He might have changed his opinions, but it was basically not great. Like, yeah, and he used religion to justify a lot of this hate talk, and I just felt like it just didn't sit right with you. Yeah, it ain't it, you know. Yeah, because like I'm not religious or anything, and but I do. You, I, I mean, I do maybe think God's a wee bit real, like, you know. But me and him. We don't speak every Sunday, but in my time of need, he seems to sort the things out that I need oh, to sort Oh, honestly, out. that's terrible, though, isn't it, really? I used to always... I was never religious. I was never brought up religious at all. But when I needed something, I was like, please, God, please. And that's terrible. I can't just choose... I can choose when I, when I, when I support God. But, I mean, like... I mean, I wasn't brought up religious, but my mum and dad believe in God. And my mum and dad do quite like the church that my grand and grandpa go to. They are just too lazy to go. And my dad always uses the excuse, I mean, if God knew me, if I was really a son of God, God knows me well enough to know that I'm worshipping him day in and day out by working 37 hours a week to provide for my... He comes up with all that, right? But, like, I don't think... I, I mean, if God was really, like, really understood, yeah, his favourites will be the people in the church. But he's then not going to, you know... Turn to turn you away in your time of need. Yeah, banish. I mean, I know he done it a couple times in the Bible, but like, 
I'm hoping that he's changed. Like, every day it's a learning curve. <laughs> I know, literally, you know, being God is a learning curve as well. I think a lot of people forget that. <laughs> Do you know what I always imagine God as, though? Me when I'm playing Sims. I have no idea what that looks like. I'm a bit nervous because I feel as if you might show me one time and I might not be in bed. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like, I just feel like he's like, he just like drops random people into your like Simsville and he's like, yeah, they're going to be your person. Or actually they're going to be your mortal enemy and I've just put you living next door to each other. And I feel like he definitely gets some amusement up there, like, la la la, like... Sometimes I wonder if he does, like, he does these embarrassing things to me or whatever, just so he can get a giggle one day. Oh, or probably. Like, maybe I've done something to annoy him and he's like... I'm going to get you, you back. You can have it. <laughs> you can have it. But, like, <laughs> I think there is quite a good bit of trauma, like, that maybe comes to religion with me with certain things that have been said. Like, not necessarily off my family, like, but just in general, like, group, like going to school or maybe going to like a club that was maybe ran by the church and maybe someone else saying something and then me obviously growing up you know closeted not really sure what's going on a lot of confusion yeah maybe don't didn't do me the best but I definitely enjoy the stories the stories are right crack definitely I like the one of Moses quite quite scandalous Passover quite scandalous actually Judas was a right rascal I've not read the one of Judas, but I've read the oh, one. He of, was a rascal. Bit. I think I've read the one of Moses, and then I've also read the like. I think Moses also overlaps into Passover, where God killed all the firstborns because certain people didn't put on. So, like, obviously, the story of Passover, you can look it up or whatever if you want. I won't go into detail no unless spoilers, you want me to. No, no spoilers, please. Unless you want me to go into go into detail. detail. Go on, you go. So Passover. So I can't remember what happened, but God and somebody. God, I think Pharaoh had fell out. The Pharaoh of Egypt or whatever. I don't know his name. Or his name might have been like Pharaoh or something. I've just like messed it up. But he was doing a lot of really not good vibe things. And right. technically he then sort of was like, look, like you really shouldn't do that. And the Pharaoh was like, I'm going to do it anyway. So God then started putting down like locusts and ah. the, so it got to one point so he did he, he done very small things he gave him a few warnings he gave him quite a few warnings and then he was like right I'm going to kill the babies so he was like if they put lamb blood above your door and if you don't do it I'm going to kill your firstborn son I don't care I'm going to do it and I'm going to take back my children so he did it. He actually went through with it, which fair does. I, I appreciate somebody that can stick to their guns. It's kind of like when your parents are like, I'm going to do it, and then you don't believe them, and then they actually, they actually do, it. do it. And you're like, well... And you're just sitting there like, I actually don't know what to do with myself. And then you're like, I kind of respect this, but... Kinda, I respect you know. it, but I'm not feeling respected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you've done Just talking about stories and that, Anna, what was your first experience of feminism? Oh, uh, see, that's a hard one to be honest. Do you know, like, I feel like I, I can't really probably remember my first experience of feminism ever, but I'd like to think, like, my mum's a pretty big feminist icon in my books, I think. Yeah. Like, 
for a while it was me and my mum just us after my dad left. My, my, the, well, actually, just a sperm donor, really. Not my actual dad. My dad's still like Brian, you know? Yeah. He is him. nice. Yeah, he is. But, um, so it was just me and my mum for a while on her own. And my mum was just a young mum. She was only 21. When I got your age. Yeah, my age. Um, when she had me and we moved into this flat together, me and my mum. And she had nothing. Like, literally nothing. And she tried to make our house a home. She really, like, she she tried her best. She, all her money from, like, her wages went to stuff for me because I was a baby. And But she tells me this story of how sad it was, like, living in this flat herself. And she literally had a cardboard box covered in, a, like, a, a throw to look like a coffee table. And nobody ever knew that it wasn't a coffee table because she kept everything so nice. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's probably, like, just in the fact that my mum was so like such an independent woman, like I'm not saying she never needed any help at all, but the fact that she like she literally sacrificed so much to make sure that we had. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, that probably is an inspiration to me. I think, but also I feel like even more recently, like in my work, like the management, like the management team are all well. There's one one man, but. Very woman led kind of my work, and we had a customer in, and the store manager's a woman, a, a really strong woman, a lad, and um, a customer came in and was like, I want to speak to who's in charge. And my manager was like, Yeah, is there anything I can help you with? And he was like, No, I want the man who's in charge of you. And my store manager was literally like, I am the one that's in charge of everyone in this shop. You can speak to a, a, a male member of management, but he's beneath me. And then uh, he was like, ah, oh, um, well, uh, uh, and she didn't mean beneath her as in he's not as good as her. She just meant he literally is below her. Managerial wise. Yeah. But, yeah. like, I feel like that's a, I feel like the fact that she stood up for herself, it would be, it would have been easier for her to be like, yeah, fine, you can just speak to me and my management. It was to save her hassle, but mm-hmm. I feel like she stood up for herself and claimed the respect she deserved, yeah. you know? Like, see those moments, though, I feel as if they just stick out in your mind. I can't remember my first experience of feminism, but we were talking about this before. I can remember my first experience of, like, watching misogyny happen. Like... What? Tell me. Tell me. So, I, when I was working in the chippy, um, it was owned by... A, like a swimming called Julie and she had a brother Massimo yeah but Massimo was like the lead friar right so like not the lead friar even he was just the friar like he and when Julie wasn't there he sort of was the, the, the boss and then we had a manager Mel but you know Mel and Julie kind of dealt with like order and stuff not that Massimo never he just took more to do counting the money making sure we had everything kind of telling them what we needed disciplining people as well and also making sure things were up to standard or like I think he probably reviewed the menu more. Yeah, so he was more he, like hands on rather Yeah. Like, and Julie was very hands on as well though. Like Julie was like a hard grafter like and I got really close to Julie like round right about the time I was like like the seven months before I left I got really close with Julie. Right. But we were in one night and Massimo's night it was Massimo's night off and it was me, Julie and Melissa and I think Caitlin and Claire and stuff were there. I can't remember who exactly was on or whatever. 
and this guy came in and was like, where's where's the boss man tonight or whatever? And she was like, mate, I'm the boss. She goes, I'm the boss when I'm leaving here or whatever. And she was like, having a joke with him or whatever. And he low-key got like a wee bit rude and was like, no, I mean the man. The man that does frying. I'm not taking fish if it's not him that's frying it. And Julie was like a good fryer though. Like, when Julie was frying, I used to get like the chippy stuff. But like, but their dad owned a chippy, so like... It was part of the nothing, it was like... Yeah, it was like kind of all the skills that, you know, yeah. um, Alberto had, they had. Yeah. So, like, it really just was, like, stemming from Alberto, but, like, she she knew what she was doing. She Like, it wasn't her first rodeo, and um, the guy was just, like, really rude, and, like, eventually just got a pizza and left, cause, but it was Melissa making it, and he just... And I just remember be, like, kind of feeling quite bad for Julie, but Julie was, like... Well, he doesn't want it. He doesn't need to take it. Yeah, I feel like... But Massimo would back me up if he was here. If I was in the frying and Massimo was on the counter, he would back me up still. Yeah, I feel like... Sometimes it makes me quite sad. Like, see how when, like, women who are in charge are just used to these incidents, Mm -hmm. it kind of is a bit like, well, you really shouldn't have to get used to being treated like a second... A second-class citizen because you're... I've got a vagina. Yeah. And I just I just remember being like just remember being like that's not very nice, is it? And I was like sixteen, seventeen at the time. Yeah. Julie just came back from maternity. So when he left, Julie was like, I don't need his business at the end of the day. I get business whether or not he comes in or not. Yeah. But she can't say what she's feeling to that customer because one bad review is... It could literally ruin a business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she eventually worked up to her goal was, was with the wee chippy that she has in Denny, the pines. Like, she has that now. And that was her, always her goal. She always loved that chippy. But, you know, look, she should have had respect when she was at the, the chippy that I worked at. She should have had the respect there. Because she, it's not as if like she gets these things because she's not a hard worker. She's not good. She's very good. Yeah. It's just you know certain people don't appreciate it. But if it was a guy, they would appreciate it. Yeah. But then I also remember like moments of feminism in that chippy where it was like, if it was all women in, like we had we had more lassies working there than what we had men. At one point, and one night the guy came in and was like, "Oh, where's all the boys, man? There's no hard graft getting done." And Melissa was like, "It was my uncle. It was my uncle that said that my uncle George." <laughs> Melissa was like, "It's always the women that are putting in the hard graft. What are you talking about?" And he was like, "True. Is like, it always is?" But then it's funny because like my uncle George didn't mind who was frying. He was like, "I can't tell the difference when it's in my mouth and I'm eating." So yeah. Obviously, like, him saying that, it's not really, like, I feel like he probably didn't mean it to be, like, oh, like for realsies, but some people actually think full-on believe yeah. that a man's work is never done by a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's, like, another moment of, like, misogyny that I've pure experience is, like, there was a guy, me and a guy were on working together, and I went to do something else, and it was going to take me a bit of time, so he took somebody's order, and the guy, the family literally said, where's the lassie, like, you're not the waitress, and, like, expect, and I had to stop what I was doing to go take the order, because he then felt uncomfortable, 
and I was like so it does go both ways so like especially I think a lot of people kind of just kind of maybe sweep by it when it's guys like don't really think about it that much because it's like I think a lot of people then think oh well I mean now they know how it feels and yeah now they know how it feels so maybe they won't maybe now I definitely think that that guy now thinks before he speaks like before he says something yeah like I don't and but he was never the guy he pure said in any way like he was always very like sort of was on the women's side like any argument in that shop he was like I, I, the woman he was like I'm on the women's side like I think he knew that that's the safest fella. place to be that's the yeah. safest side to be on I think <laughs> all joking aside it is <laughs> yeah yeah I'm being delicate <laughs> no but I feel like see even in that instance that you, just, you were just talking about I feel like that still comes back to the fact that they expected a woman to be in a subservient role like you were supposed yeah. to be the server because you were a woman you couldn't possibly mm-hmm. be doing something more important than that so although that made that guy feel uncomfortable, I feel like it still comes back to the fact that yeah, that I had to stop what I was doing because he wanted a woman, a woman to, to serve, serve him. him. Yeah. Whereas it really shouldn't matter who is writing down what you want to eat. What it yeah, literally, it wasn't like I totally get like in a place of like me- medicinal, therapeutic, like those sort of things. I think that you know, if you want a woman, you should. Grant, like, kind of be granted the woman to yeah, of carry out the treatments because who, like, who would want a male gynecologist unless you really trusted that man or you really didn't care? Yeah, I feel like th- so in in situations where it could be detrimental to your mental or physical well being to have someone of a specific gender, mm-hmm. like. Try to think of the word now, like work it, like not work it, like interact with you, yeah, interact with you. So, I feel in situations where it could be detrimental to you to have to interact with someone of a specific gender or sex or whatever, like then of course there should be an option given to you. But in something as, as small as when you're sitting down at a restaurant and you want, but it's not that you need a woman to take your order, you just want a woman to take your order. Like you said, it ain't that deep, you know. Like yeah, but it becomes that deep if you make a fuss about it. True. I think. I think what annoyed me the most was that I had to stop what I was doing because that person couldn't believe that a boy was serving them. <laughs> like boys are lazy and boys don't do anything and like boys grunt, boys don't get it right, boys don't chat as much. I, like, boys maybe won't chat as much. Like, I know for a fact that when I'm maybe on a checkout at work, the boy behind me, maybe, oh, there's one boy that will chat to literally MD and it's lovely to see because I get gets him through the shift. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, maybe one boy just won't speak for the whole day. He's like, I just can't be bothered today. But I don't speak when I'm serving a checkout. I literally am, like, 15.95. That is maybe the only thing I'll say. Or, like, maybe if somebody's really chatty that day, I'm not going to stone cold them, make them feel bad. Oh, really? That's what I do on the last day. I'm just kidding. No. So, so, you work on commission, baby. You should not be. <laughs> <laughs> you should not be stone cold in no, people. No, do you know what? It's, it, but see, the thing is, like, in customer service, I feel like it really does take it out you, like, having to. You have to put this persona on, I feel like, that you're, like, 
a smile is literally glued to your face. And you know what? I, pay, I, I did hear one time that smiling burns more calories than frowning. Yeah. And that's the only thing that gets me through smiling all day, to be honest. The fact that I'll be a skinny legend by the end of my shift. <laughs> I must be honest. I don't understand how I'm not. I only smile to people that make me happy at work. Oh, I wouldn't smile over that. <laughs> like, literally... Sometimes a customer will maybe say something that is really funny and I'm actually buckled behind that checkout or like I also change labels at work so maybe a workmate will say something and I'm like I'm going to use that later on in a conversation because it's good par but other than that I'm not happy to be working for money. No I would much rather just be hands it. Yeah. For doing what I like. <laughs> yeah for doing things that I like like watching TV, talking shit. Testing food. Oh, testing food. I would literally, I'd be so fat, but I'd be so rich. Oh, see, if I, as well, see, online shopping, see if I could get paid for online shopping. Oh, I'd make more money than what I'd be spending. I, I would die a happy man. See, if I was a personal shopper for oh, some I'd be raging, I think, because I wouldn't get to keep the stuff that I really wanted. I love shopping for other people. Always. You can shop for me if you like. I will. I, I just looked you up and down, you were just like ignoring it then. Oh, did you? Yeah. I mean, you've got a good style to go off of. You can, it's very. Yeah, very can, little boy chic. With my crocs yeah, on as well. You, but the thing is, is like, yeah, your crocs, your crocs are so nice. I'm not gonna. So, I don't know how much flack I've been given for having crocs, honestly. Off of who? Everyone. So, for those of you who don't know me, I've recently um, started dipping my toe back in the dating pool. Uh, do you know how many people are deeply offended by Crocs? It would surprise I had no idea how many people were actually physically repulsed by the look of them. Mum, we had Crocs going to Turkey one year and my mum says that they're lethal because she slid from the pool back to her seat, which was like a good 100 <laughs> metres. <laughs> and these Crocs, because they have no grip in them, well, the ones at the time didn't, because literally... The, cro- the crocs that we had at the time were brand spanking new, like, crocs were, like, up-and-coming, really trendy. Um, I-, I remember having crocs, and they had fur inside them. They were fur-lined crocs. I feel like that defeats the purpose of having a holy shoe with fur inside them. Yeah, like, literally, my granny had croc slippers. She still does, but she doesn't. she's not wearing them now because it's been warm outside because they're furry on the inside. I don't know if crocs done slippers, so I'll definitely be getting a pair of them. Yeah. They're like quite sturdy as well. Like I remember wearing them one time just in our house because I think she was getting her carpet lifted or something. Do you know like the jaggy bits that come out the stairs? The carpet actually attaches to the thing and it's not like yeah like a quilt technically like the way I make my bed. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I wore them and I was like, these are kind of comfy even for being like a couple and like a, maybe an inch too small. They're quite nice. Do you know? Yeah, no, I love Crocs. I think that I like to wind people up by talking about how they can be put in sports mode and eco mode. I love, I love it. And people are like, what is sports mode and what is eco mode? That's not a real thing. It is. It's a real thing to me. Yeah, to you. Yeah. I could run, I, I think I could proper sprint, like, I mean, I've not sprinted in about a million years, to be honest. I was going to say, I could never sprint. And again. I think my tits would jump back up and hit me in the face, to be honest. But, yeah, I, I feel like I could proper sprint, like, I don't know. Do you want to hear something that my PE teacher said to me when we were doing sprinting in yeah, PE? Yeah, go on. Um, so I was like, 
going through puberty, so like maybe 12, 13, and I just went to high school. And my high, when I got to high school, I got a lot of flack for being ugly and fat. So, <laughs> and also when I got my braces, I got flack for that as well. And then when I started wearing my hair down, I got called Shrek. So like, even though he's bald. And no being funny off of literally the most horrible boy ever was giving me flack for looking ugly. Like, as like, I'm not being funny, you can be ugly and have a great personality. Like, he didn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't find you that attractive, mate. So, I mean, you've. But then he met. Pure, I added me in Snapchat, like, ages ago. Like, and he was pure, like, oh, I look like I delivered to your house. Like, because he, like, worked at this place, like, a food place. He's like, oh, I like seen your jammies and that. Was that just for me? And I was like, no, it's no even for MD. I was like, it's, and it's definitely not for you. Ew. But back to my PE teacher. So, we're doing sprinting and. They organised it the height, so I was quite tall at that age. Um, a lot of other girls were quite short, so I was racing against these other girls. And I was obviously quite a bit bigger than them, so I was expecting to be embarrassed, but the adrenaline and the fear of being embarrassed, and the fact that the other two girls didn't want to do it that well. Like, they were friends, so they were like, we'll tie. I bolted off, like, <laughs> sprinting, and obviously I was pure stoked. Like, a lot of people were pure stoked for me. A lot of people were like, oh my god, like, I didn't know you could run. Back to the whole being fat thing. <laughs> I didn't know you were capable of that. My PE teacher, who, I mean, I won't mention any names, but. He knows who he is. He knows who he is. Then turned to me and went, Oh my god, for the amount of, like, for the amount of, like, you know, weight you've got to shift, you did run fast there. And I remember at the time being so psyched and being like, Oh my god, like, oh my god, like, I did move quite a lot of body weight there. But then in the changing room, it just pure hit me. He low-key thinks I'm fat. <laughs> I feel like that wasn't even low-key. I feel like he literally and then, just... <laughs> but see, for the rest of high school, I didn't I didn't do a bleep test for him. I didn't run for him. I was sick every week. Right, right around PE time, I was I was not for it. You got your period every, every week? Yeah, I had my period every single week. teachers in my school because I swiped on him to be like is he I wonder if he'd swipe on me and he did oh my god he should have lost his job <laughs> yeah was it a student teacher yeah oh he maybe never recognised you then yeah I never did PE but still I was young enough where he was literally teaching people in my age range yeah so why was his so why was his thunder that low <laughs> exactly that's what that was the point I keep forgetting that when you're in school we're not this age yeah, I, I, I did feel like, mess- I never messaged him, I just unmatched him because I got afraid and Katie was like, why did you match with me? But yeah, and then I was- you got into trouble because that was literally how the story would go. But I, I did feel like ma- messaging him being like, I just walked past you in the corridors in my school uniform. Did you like that? <laughs> the yeah. weird thing is, he probably he like, could have actually replied being like, yep, that's just, what my- that's just my type. Yeah, because like, literally if you're above a certain age, even though it's not personally right he still can't really get any flack for it because he's a student as well so his fault his girlfriends in the year in the school that you're teaching that yeah but that would be kind of it's kind of one of those i assume that there's laws i hope so i hope i would hope but i mean he wasn't ugly i mean or anything but personally wouldn't not with my, one of my teachers no mm. 
Definitely well, actually, not. probably, I'll, to be fair, I did like a few of my teachers in high school, but... Yeah, I think there's, like, crushes and stuff that you have in teachers. Oh, yeah, but I never would have acted But that. if you're really young and you're in school and you're listening to this... Don't... I know somebody who went for a teacher. Don't do it. Do not do it, because this woman that I know who went for her teacher still has severe mental like, illness now because of it, because of all the trauma she went through. Because he rejected her at, like, 13, 14. She had to move school. She had to, you know, go to another school where people then knew, found out, because kids from the old school just found that new school and tell people about it. Like, you know, like, it's very traumatic for a young person to do that to a teacher. And also, if that teacher is, like, a good bit older than you, there's a reason for it. You're you're not meant you're not meant to be fucking with them, no at all. Like nope. not even in the slightest. Nah, and also if the, it works the other way about as well. As we said, if you receive any advances, oh yeah, definitely. Like nip that in the bud straight away, and also tell someone. Don't keep it a secret. Tell someone. Tell whoever you're comfortable telling, because they will take it serious. Yeah, like even if it even if it's like maybe you've just started a part time job or whatever, like. And you trust someone there, tell them. Like, tell your maybe a friend, because, you know, maybe that friend's got their head screwed on right, and will go tell a teacher for you. And I know that it might seem the end of the world when they do that at the get go. It, it won't be the end of the world once you come out the other end. Like, it's not, and, it, and you've not done anything wrong in that situation. Yeah, you? if someone's making advances on you, that's not your fault. You, you're literally just sitting there, and you have been forced to be like subjected to it which is really wrong and that you shouldn't be put through that either wise words from us wise words from us who haven't experienced it but also do not want you to go through anything traumatic yeah not even a little bit much love much love <laughs> so experience of feminism and me talking about how my mum's an icon um who would you say is your feminist icon oh i don't know like i don't know like i mean there are many to choose from, yeah to like i love florence given mm-hmm. i've really been fucking with her like, instagram and her book yeah um i also really like bernadette bernadette everisto she's an author mm-hmm but, I mean, that's, like, a feminist writer. She kind of wrote Women, Girl, Other, I think it's called. I've got that book. I've not... I've not I bought you it. Yeah, I've not read it yet, but... It's so good. Get on that shit. Fun. Do you know... I would say... So, I've got a few as well. I've got I've got a, a few written down. Let me just have a look and see who I've got. So, I would say there's a few, actually. So, obviously, one of the most... Like, the most popular feminist names that come to a lot of people's minds is probably like Gloria Steinem because she went from being a playboy bunny to being a journalist to being an activist to being the founder of her own magazine I think that's pretty inspirational so this is actually quite a controversial one actually 
I really love Margaret Atwood. She's an author. Obviously, she wrote The Handmaid's Tale. As Grace said, did she not? As Grace said, she wrote some for TV. But yeah. obviously, it's been a book. Yeah. I, so I read the book. I read the book when I was in sixth year of high school, writing a dissertation in English. Um, and I read the book, and it literally, obviously, if you've read the book or if you've watched the TV show, you know that it deals with some really kind of difficult, like tropes, different difficult like yeah. storyline stuff like that. But um, she is really big on like she she's been accused a lot of like the way she words things of being like anti-feminist stuff like that but actually the way she kind of puts it across the fact that she actually like doesn't outright claim that she's a feminist but she's really big on human rights and stuff and she goes and that is women's rights because women are human and first and foremost yeah so I feel like she's quite an, an inspiration because also her book deals with a lot of issues that fuck with feminism <laughs> but um like for example obviously if you've read the Harry tale if you've seen it it deals with like mass infertility and women are literally used and abused for their ability to carry children which although it doesn't happen to that extent like women are really judged on their anatomical abilities and their like ability to carry stuff I feel like that's a big thing like yeah that is a big issue for me I think like if you like if a woman says she doesn't want kids people are like what why do you like how can you possibly not want to have children like that's what you're literally designed to do so I feel like she is probably a feminist icon who's a writer as well but yeah yeah that's a good one though because I mean Feminism is a bit controversial to an extent for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like people view feminism as like so controversial that they can't support it because it's too out there for them. And I mean, Margaret Atwood is very successful, so I mean she must be doing something right. It's yeah. something that appeals. And I've never met a person who watches a Handmaid's Tale that's like that's not a feminist. Yeah, I feel obviously like. The characters within that book are definitely, like, some of them obviously would be a feminist, but some of them definitely are not, but I feel like the fact that she addresses these issues, and, and she's like, I'm sure in the original kind of copies of that book, there's like a forewarning being like, if society doesn't change its ways, then these things aren't that unrealistic. And I feel like the fact that she kind of addresses the fact that these issues are present within society already, maybe not to the extent that she portrays them in her book, but there's still very much truth behind the things that she writes, I think. But yeah. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Like, I'll need to give that one a bash. Like, I've literally got a reading list. I'm in the middle of doing one now, but I bought that one with the essays on it. Um, Feminists don't wear pink and other lines. Oh, I've got that as well. You recommended it to me ages ago, and my work week recently got it back in stock, and one of the women pure pointed it out to me. She was like, I know that you wanted to read that, because we were talking about it one time in the break room at Christmas. So, I mean, I bought it. I was like, fuck it. 
it's good. Two for eight pound. That's decent. Uh, it was two for eight pound when I bought it as well, and I got another book of it as well. Yeah, I got the Lockin or something it's called. It's like one of the like two best friends and one ex boyfriend. And they locked their flat, and I'm oh, like, oh, shagging them. They'll be like, I'm expecting that. I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, I bought it for like two for eight, so I'm hoping. But, <laughs> um, I literally can't think of like any other feminist writers. Like, I know that, I mean, I know that like Saoirse Ronan had wrote an essay for that book. Yeah. And I think Emma Watson as well. Yeah, a lot. A lot of big na- like a lot of big names have written yeah. essays in that in that book, like just short. It's really manageable for anybody who's thinking about reading it. It's really like a manageable thing to read, and there's a, like a lot of things that are like kind of funny to read as well. Like that you read it and you go, "Oh my god, I can completely relate to that." And like, yeah, it's one of those things. I got the one where it's added like an extra essay, but as I, I don't know who the extra essay is by, but as pure looking. Sky Jackson's written for it. And yeah. she is like, she is a feminist like, queen, like, especially. I think it's so difficult for young stars like Jojo Siwa, Sky Jackson, Olivia Rodrigo, like, they're transitioning maybe out of Disney, out yeah. of that, so, or Nickelodeon, because Jojo Siwa's Nickelodeon. Jojo Stan over here, but like, <laughs> she, they're like transitioning out of that. I feel like that's like that industry's a really. Toxic and it's tough really, one, especially yeah. if you're a kid. Because like, think about it, like Jojo C went from dance moms, which was like already really toxic. Like, if you want to teach kids, you can't tell them that they're worthless, or they, you can't tell them that you should be like this kid. Like, if that's the reason that you're getting into teaching, and so like I do think that's the reason that I believe got into teaching was to do that to children. Then you shouldn't do it because you're not an educator. Then no, and then. Obviously, I don't think the production and everything of that show was quite ethical. ethical. Yeah, like putting kids into that situation and signing them into a contract, and then they couldn't leave the contract. They had to do a certain amount of episodes. It's really fucked up, especially for kids. But like to transition from that to then another sort of not um, that much. She's not said anything, but you know. Grown up having to be that positive for your brand while going through all these struggles like being queer is what she's recently came out mm-hmm. must have been difficult. So like in the fact that her main message is to spread, you know, love and kindness. I think it's like Loki really nice. And she's not changed since coming out either. No. She's still like that happy go lucky lassie that like is wearing like the high ponytail, the bright colours. She's moved away from the bowl, which I'm a bit sad about. Do you know, I really liked her look. What was that? I can't remember. She had, like, the ribbons tied through her, like, French braids or something. Like, have you seen that look that she did? No, I haven't. Where she was, like, playing baseball, I'm sure. Oh, no, I have seen that, yeah. The videos for that, she, like, literally looks so happy and, like, so carefree. your favourite feminist of all time? That's a really tough one, to be honest. I know who mine is. Like, I know two people who are mine, just right off the bat. Who are yours? Mom and dad. Because my mom and dad, like, my mom says that 
the mum uses the phrase, oh, I don't see colour, which, you know, she stopped actually saying it recently because I pointed out to her, yeah, mum, you see colour, but you just don't care. And she's like, not true. Like, my mum is like, my mum and dad are very like, you should be able to do things because, you know, I didn't bring it into the world for you to have, to be capped for certain things. Yeah. And my dad is very much like that. Or, like, my dad works in, like, a really stressful job. I won't mention what he works in because, like, security reasons or whatever. But, like, he is very much, like, understands that, like, the police police are corrupt and things like that. You know? So, like, he knows all these things. He he is just more of a realist in that sense. But he definitely supports women the very end he just does question a lot of things especially if things happen to celebrities and stuff which I mean I'm trying to train him out of it but yeah I mean I've already spoke about my mum a bit but I suppose if she's allowed to be my my favourite feminist of all time then I might should start to be fair because I like for all the reasons I said before I think that she taught me that women can be independent and that they don't I feel like when you're a young girl, it's literally ingrained into you that, oh, a princess needs her prince. Like, yeah, you're gonna, you need to get married. You need to do all these things, and there's a box that you need to fit in as a young girl. I think, and I think my mum literally just proved every one of those wrong. Like, she showed me that you don't need a man to be able to sustain yourself. Um, you can be an independent woman and you can make your own money and you can spend it however you like and my mum's never been my mum's never been married and she always says that she doesn't see the point in it to be fair like she's like I feel like but that's a big expectation I think it like a lot of young girls are expected to find one and get married and their dads to walk them down the aisle and stuff like that but like my mum just does not relate to that I guess I feel like even now, though, my mum literally supports me and my sister. I've got a younger sister. Um, and my mum supports us in everything that we do. Like, And my mum used to always use this this thing, like this saying, I guess. And it's obviously it's not her saying, but... So whenever like somebody would ever say something to me, like, oh, you can't do that because you're a girl, or girls don't do that, so you can't shoot, that's not very woman-like of it. My mum always goes, your strongest woman will always be stronger than your weakest man and I, like she doesn't mean that to put anyone down or anything but she just means that women can be just as strong as men yeah and the fact that you're saying that a woman can't do something because she's a woman it's not like, it's, it's not valid quite clearly incorrect yeah because we've proven it time and time again it's just that men the majority of men you know are you know sound don't really care there's a very big majority though that still want women in a certain place where they feel as if they've got control over them. Yeah. And I think we're past that now. But my dad is... My my dad and your mum are very similar, where my dad doesn't claim to be a feminist, but he definitely has, you know, progressed certainly over, like, the last ten years of being, like, you know, you want to know something? There's a lot of things that are not right, and I'm no, I'm no dealing with it anywhere. You can, like, fuck it. I'm no doing it. Yeah. My mum, like... I don't know. I've never really asked mom if she would if she would call herself a feminist. I think that she would just. I'm not sure. I think she 
is definitely for equality. Oh yeah, for for, all, for everyone. Like, but I don't know. I, my dad, like my dad's not much of a talker. To be fair, but I feel like he he is invested in women's rights. I think particularly because he's got two daughters. Yeah, my dad probably is the same as well. I think so. I think my dad's quite invested in women's rights and women's safety. In particular, obviously, um, so like I said, he's not a big talker, but we have we have discussions and debates and and at the house and everyone shares their opinions and no one gets told that they're wrong or anything. But we have we have <laughs> except for everyone who's not on my side. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I feel my dad definitely is like shut up your rang like nobody. But then I'm like no your rang and it's like we can agree to disagree but we. But me and my de- dad definitely are like, are, and our heads like, no, I'm definitely right on it. <laughs> okay, fine, then we, we know we're all right, but we all know we, that we are the right person, but we never say it to each other, is what I mean. Yeah. But, so we were talking about, obviously, there was a huge kind of concern over women's safety quite recently after the tragedy that happened with, with Sarah Everard. Um, so we had a discussion about it and my dad basically asked me when you're out at night do you feel safe and I turned to him and I said am I, am I alone and he was like well yeah just it doesn't matter like do you feel safe out at night and I said no but I think you'll be I think you would struggle to find a woman who is could who could 100% say yeah I, I never fear I never have any fear when I'm alone at night and my dad I think my dad might have been shocked about that, like, because yeah. we had never had the conversation before, like, my dad always t- tells me before I go out, be careful, like, if you need me, phone me, if you need anything, just message, whatever, stay safe, whatever, but I feel like he never really heard it from my point of view, like, where at night if I'm walking and I hear someone's footsteps behind me, I'm torn between, is it worse to turn around and look, or is it better to just keep on walking and be faster? Like, yeah, that's definitely a thing that I went through. I used to work really early in the morning. I used to walk to work. And um, sometimes it would be dark because it was getting into winter. And um, I definitely, I didn't walk with earphones in. No, me neither. Because when my that. sister was young, she was walking home from school. And she had her earphones in and someone came up behind her and attacked her. Thank God she was okay, but she got to my granny's and my granny was like, "What did I do here? Did I phone the police?" So my mum, so my gran just waited till my mum got in, and my mum was like, "No, you definitely should have phoned the police." But like, even I remember, I used to work really late at night when I was living in the dorms, and um, I was just like, was just questioning me, like, "Oh, what do you do? Where do, where are you living now?" Like, what, uni a uni student because it was like or the you know where my university was it was a uni university town like mm-hmm. you know so it was nerve wracking and I mean between where I worked which you know was a shopping place I mean Anna you'll be you used to work there for but yeah. as well and between where the dorm was you know it's not a long drive so. No. I would have been getting off the forum, but the bus driver, thankfully, you know, had heard the conversation. It got up and said to him, look, mate, you're going to need to, you know, get off the bus. 
um, I, I just thinking if that bus driver hadn't done that, like that person would have known where yeah. you got off. They could have got off after you. Like I feel like in that instance, that was really like that was great that the bus driver overheard. But there's so many instances where the bus driver would turn a blind eye because at the end of the day. I was, I was talking to him after, and he's like, I'm not supposed to chuck him off, but I would just prefer to, because he's drunk enough where he won't remember, and he goes, and you want to know something, he might 100% just be chatting with you, but, you know, I'd rather him wait at that bus stop for the next bus, than you tomorrow night getting on the bus, and you end up, like, getting off the bus, and he's waiting, you know, it's a 50-50 chance, and he goes, and I'm going to make sure I'm on the 50 where you win. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, like, there's so many instances where women don't seem safe at night. So my dad had obviously, we'd had this conversation. My sister is at that age where she doesn't really like to have conversations, but we kind of involved in the conversation, and she said that she, like, her and her friends, like, they never walk anywhere alone. Like, they always go in pairs, or, and they make, they, they talk on the phone when they're walking home, even from school, which is during the day. Um, they stay on the phone until, like, they both get to their front doors, and then then they say their goodbyes or whatever. And my dad has obviously d- done some research into the Sarah Everard case, and obviously there was, a, a, like, there's a, a detail where it's something like, one of the photos, one of the last photos ever taken of her was on someone's, like, home cat like a mm. security camera on the like doorbell other camera. doorbell yeah and the next day my dad came home with a doorbell camera and he was like I'm going to make sure that if anything happens on our street that we have something that could lead to that person being found safe or that could catch someone mm-hmm. try like being like doing something that they shouldn't be doing I mean I don't know that anything ever would happen on our street but the fact that he's taking an active interest really meant a lot it, it kind of meant a lot to me at the time because I was like if if everyone just done that if everyone just done one small thing yeah it does eventually lead up to one big, one big thing. thing yeah and I think a lot of people do underestimate the power of like like doing that one small thing like yeah definitely and I think that Especially in this day and age, you know, it's not a perfect world. No. So you do need to take some precautions, but until it's a perfect world, do take the precautions now. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to do that, that's that's weird if I do that, because nothing might happen, but it's better to do that thing that keeps you safe, or keeps other people safe. I always kind of, when I hear maybe people on Twitter or whatever, like, I do sometimes feel like commenting, like, Please, you know, don't do this to make a radical point. Be safe. Because it's not been the first time where somebody's maybe went out without a bra on and that someone, and a man has taken that as a... An invitation. An invitation and the young person has been violated. Like, or like a young man has done something and, you know, someone's then violated him. Or like, I mean, I just really stress the importance of knowing being realistic about your expectations of the world yeah I remember I was 15 at the time and I went to a concert in Glasgow with my friend who was also 15 at the time and I wore a leather skirt 
but I had, you know, those like nylon tights on as well, like those black tights, just like a pair of tights. But is ones... it like the ones that are kind of see through? Yeah, but you like... know how you can get like ones that are really opaque, or you can get ones that are really solid. Yeah. yeah. Mines were literally the darkest ones that you can get. Like, you cannot see a thing through them. And I was wearing, like, maybe Doc Martens with them because I used to wear Doc Martens all the time. But I was, me and my friend were pretty near the front of, like, at the barrier. And this guy, who was quite clearly drunk, put his hand, like, right up the back of my skirt. And I was only 15 at the time. And I turned around with a fright, obviously, and I was like, "What? What are you doing?" And this guy, the guy, the guy who was accompanied by his friend, the friend was like, "Oh, he's drunk, he's drunk, he's drunk." And I was like, "And I'm 15." Yeah, like that's horrible. And he, he, they took the he, his friend removed him from the situation. But the thing is, like, I was made out as if I was overreacting because somebody was drunk and had groped me when. Really, the thing is... When you're a child? Yeah, but even if I... Like, it doesn't matter what situation... It doesn't matter what I wear. I could literally... I should be... Like, the thing is, I should be able to wear whatever I want. But then that made me think, like... Oh, I shouldn't have wore that leather skirt because that clearly seemed like an invitation for his hand mm. to be up there. But... And then... So, yeah, I, I obviously agree. Like, there are certain things that you can do to make yourself safer in situations. But in that situation, I kept on thinking to myself... What could I have done differently? Like, what should I, what, what should I have worn? Or would it, would the, that same outcome always have been? Yeah, that's definitely, like, something that would play in your mind, especially at a young age. But, like, you know, see if it wasn't you that he'd have done it to. I don't doubt that he'd have done it to somebody else. else. Because, and being drunk isn't an excuse. Like, I love how the pals are, oh, he's just drunk. Yeah, it's not an excuse. Has... Yeah. But I feel like... If you wouldn't, you don't do something when you're drunk that you wouldn't find acceptable when you're so like, do you know what I mean? Like, although maybe obviously people call alcohol liquid courage or whatever, but I feel like you wouldn't do something like completely out of cat, like out of character. Yeah, like you wouldn't catch and uh, you wouldn't catch me being like, oh, I think that's disgusting to do when I'm sober, but as soon as I've got a drink in me, I think it's all right. Yeah, no, my morals don't. Morals, values, and like stuff like that don't change that quickly. No. After like a porn star martini, but <laughs> I mean, I guess men just. Mm-hmm.